Welcome to the Desire Trade Podcast, the podcast helping you develop forex trading skills for more freedom. I'm your host, Etienne Kret. Let's get started right away. I'm pretty sure you guys will notice that over the past few weeks, I've been bringing a few of the past guests of the podcast. Those that really impacted me, that made a big difference in my trading or taught me some good things, because we can go more in depth on what we talked about first. And an example of such guests is Andrew Aziz. Andrew is a stocks day trader based in Vancouver, Canada. He's been trading full time since a couple of years now and really mastered, in my opinion, the topic. He knows what it takes to perform at your best and to keep improving yourself on a daily basis. We went on a live video once again to answer your questions and this is what followed from this. So without further ado, please help me welcome Andrew Aziz. What's up everyone, we are live. Welcome back everyone. I'm sitting down today with Andrew Aziz. He's in, I think, Vancouver. What's up Andrew, how's it going today? I'm doing well, thank you very much Etienne and hello to people, either you're watching it live or recording. I hope you're having a good day. Yeah, it's awesome. We had a bunch of people just running us right now, which is perfect. If you have any questions for Andrew, he's been on the podcast a few episodes back, can't remember which number exactly, but a lot of value. And Andrew is a day trader. I'm just going to ask him questions. I have a bunch that I want to talk about and go through. So, uh, Andrew, can you give people a bit of background if they don't know you or haven't seen your podcast before, podcasting together? Yeah, so my name is Andrew Aziz. I started trading about five, six years ago, uh, very casually for myself. And I really, you know, kind of got hooked up with trading. It was my passion. And I started to really trading it more professionally from my home office. My background is in chemical engineering. So I did my bachelor's and master's in chemical engineering. I came to Canada. I did my PhD in chemical engineering. And um, after I finished my PhD, I started working a couple of years in different research scientist position. I eventually got let go. So I was laid off. I got a really good severance package. And that, you know, severance package really helped me to practice on my trading and become a better trader. It was about 2015 that I decided to write a book on day trading because what I found was there was a lot of information out there, but there was no really good book that puts everything together as a, for basic beginners. So, you know, my background was in PhD and I wrote a lot of publications and patents and stuff. So I said, you know what, why not? Let's write a book in trading. And I did write the book, and it turned out to be a really nice book. A lot of people really appreciated what was put in that concise book. And then we started the community in 2015 and 2016. The name was Vancouver Traders, really, in those early times. We later changed it to BearBullTraders.com. And it's a community for all of the traders all around the world who are you know, serious about trading financial markets. And yeah, no, I'm a full-time trader. I can't say full-time because most of the time, my trading is about an hour or two, but that's the only thing that I do right now. And the cool thing is you have put in a lot of work before the book and even before the community, which is awesome. You, you mentioned last time about how you went from your job to being a leader and then going to trading. And that was a lot of work. I know, I know. So can you get people to kind of what they have to do if they want to become profitable traders, what they have to work to? Because just, just a lot. And I think people don't have this kind of path sometimes that they have to follow. So I was a little bit lucky that I lived on the west coast of the Canada, which we are in the Pacific time zone. The market opens in our time at 6.30 in the morning. And usually most of the actions happens in the first hour or two hours of the market. So when I started trading, I actually was working and I kept working. I kept wake up at five o'clock in the morning and trading in the market, either in a simulator or practice. And then I go to work at nine o'clock. I was always 
you know, at work at nine o'clock. And I think it's, uh, it's a privilege to live on the West Coast. It's really good to, in terms of trading perspective. But if you are living on the East Coast or another time zone that really conflicts with a full nine to five job, it's much, much more difficult to practice, especially at the beginning of your trading career. You probably don't have enough consistent money to make a living out of trading. So it's, it's more difficult. For the people who are interested in day trading, US market, uh, like what we do, it's tough because you have to be available at nine o'clock to at least 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock on the Eastern time zone to be able to trade or practice. If your time is flexible, you know, we have a lot of members in our community that they work from home or they have a flexible hour, they can actually practice and they can trade. But it's tough for the people who have to show up at nine o'clock on the Eastern time zone. It's, it's really difficult. So is it something that came to you naturally, the fact of waking up early to trade? Or you have to kind of work to get that? Because people might see this as a big, big advantage. You have to, work at like, to, have to wake up at like 5 a.m. to trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, waking up at five o'clock, it's not really that bad. <laughs> I mean, it was really difficult for me at the beginning, but you get really used to it, especially in the summer when the sun is coming out early in the morning. It's really easy. But, you know, sometimes in the winter, it's tough to wake up at five o'clock, but you get used to it. I mean, and I'm not a morning person. I knew that, you know, my whole you know, life, I was always waking up late in the morning, but you get used to it. It's amazing how body gets adjusted to everything. You know, I really wanted to the trading, and this is the price that you have to pay. If you really want trading, if you really want anything, I mean, it doesn't have to be trading. You have to really sacrifice something in there. When I was really writing the book, uh, also trading, and, you know, I also had a job. So I had to sacrifice a lot of my family time, a lot of my friends' time, a lot of uh, things that I really wanted to do because I really wanted day trading. So sacrifice is coming no matter what it is. Yeah, and that came back to your why, having this big purpose for why you do this. And I think that's awesome. Did you have any problem to kind of find that why or find that purpose behind you trading? Or was it tough to do or simple? The purpose, you know, in reality, I was shocked. When I was a PhD student, I was really proud of myself. Okay, I did it. I'm going to be amazing. And then when I went to work, my salary wasn't really that high, but that didn't bother me that much. But, you know, I got laid off after two years of working. I mean, less than two years of working. And that was a shock for me. And I said, okay, is this, you know, I was lucky to, you know, let go in a really young age. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a lot of financial responsibility. That was the moment that I told myself, am I going to live another 30, 40 years of this? That every time the economy goes up and down, you're the first person to let go. I really didn't want to have that lifestyle. So that pain on my mind actually really drove me. That gave me a really good determination. And, you know, I was reading a book, you know, if you really want to make a change in your life, you have to have some sort of emotional pain. For example, you know, I used to be a little bit overweight. And at a very young age, I went to a doctor and my doctor, the doctor told me that your cholesterol in your blood is really high and you are 24 and you have a very high cholesterol. And this is dangerous for you. And my dad, uh, you know, had a couple of heart attacks and, you know, heart strokes in a younger age. And I, that emotional pain was for me that, all right, I'm going in the same direction. and. I'm risking my life. Now I have to be more careful. I have to be more active. I have to, you know, watch my diet. And that emotional pain for me was the determination that now I have to, you know, better take care of myself. If you come up with that emotional pain or emotional, you know, shock, you'll go after what you want. But if you don't really see in anything, if you don't really see why you want that, then you probably easily relapse to, you know, old habits. Yeah. And I can relate to this. 
Now, what is the thing you did after having that feeling of like you had to make this work? What was the next step? Uh, I think in success in any endeavor is coming from resilience. You know, you, you get, you know, punched in the face a lot of times, especially in trading. Every day you get, a, you know, you get a punch in the face and that's part of the game. I mean, I'm not saying about trading in any successful people. What you see, I mean, if you read the story of them, uh, you see a lot of uh, failure. And those guys are the people who actually wake up. I think the most feature of successful people and successful traders are resilience. The people who you know get knocked down, but they wake up and they continue. I think uh, for me, I blew up a couple of accounts. I had a lot of bad losses. I still have some bad losses time to time, but you know this is a feature that you have to work into yourself that you wake up after a really bad time. And there are some genetics in that. I mean, there are some people who are resilient. I mean, they're born resilient. I mean, no matter what you do, the world, life due to them, they wake up. But there are evidence that you can actually practice and train yourself to be a resistant, resilient person, persistent in your success. I think you have to work on that. And it, and it comes from very small things. I mean, you, we, we all know people who laid off from the job, they can't really get their confidence back. Or after a divorce, they have a really you know, hard time to get back into their shape. You know, you practice on resilience. You practice on something that you want. You know, that's okay. You get knocked down, you wake up, uh, you stand up and you, you know, go back toward your goal one more time. It's really important to remind yourself that. Yeah. And did you have to do everything yourself? Or you had other people, maybe mentors, maybe coaches helping you along the way to become a good trader? At the end of the day, you have to do it for yourself. That's very important that you are the person. You can have mentor, you can have friendship, you can have support, but they don't replace you. I mean, you have to do the job. I had a mentor, but more than a mentor, I had a role model in my mind. I wanted to be like that guy or I wanted to be like this. I mean, that role model really, you know, gave me that determination. I want to be like that. I'm, I'm an outdoor guy. I love to be outdoor. I want to be able to take two weeks off and go climb in Argentina and in one month off go to Nepal. And you can't really do that with a corporate nine to five job. So I had to build something. So that role model lifestyle that I had in my life, that actually gave me determination. It could be different for other people. You know, for example, someone wants to spend more time with family. They don't want to commute three hours a day. That determination is, you know, helps you to go toward your goal. For me, I had a mentor. I still have a mentor. And I think everyone should have a mentor in different stages of life. You might have a mentor for career. You might have a mentor for your personal life. You might have a mentor for your, you know, relationship. And you can have all of them at the same time. I think it's in trading is very, very important to have a mentor. And sometimes you don't have to have a relationship, mentor, mentee relationship with someone. I mean, a lot of people in their community, they might look at me as a mentor, but they might not have any you know, regular time with me over the phone or you know, over the email. They're just following me and they observe me what I do. And same as me, I mean, there's a lot of people I look up to into them. I just watch them closely and I try to learn from them. So try to find a mentor for sure. Uh, it's very important to have a good support from family and friends, but you have to make the decision in your mind that, okay, I want to get there. Yeah. Speaking of family and friends, did you have the support from the start or was that something you kind of have to work on to have the support from your family or your friends? My partner was very supportive. She told me that go your passion. She was working. She's still, she's working. She had a, you know, when I was let go, she had a job and she, you know, she was getting a payment, uh, she had a salary and she was really supportive, but she never asked me, how did you do today? And even up to date, she's not asking me, okay, how was your day? How was your week? How was your month? 
she never asked. She does have the trust in me. And she knows that if I think it's not going to work, I stop. And if it's going well, I mean, it's going well. So it's very important to have the support. But I, don't, I didn't have to answer to someone every day. And this is important. I mean, if you have a family that every day they come up to your office and say, okay, honey, what did you do today? How much you lost? How much you... This brings a psychological pressure. Same as family, same as parents. If you want to answer to someone all the time, it's very challenging. I'm not saying it's impossible. We have a lot of traders that, you know, they're couples trading together, you know, at the same time uh, under one platform, one account. But it's much, much more tougher when you're actually trying to, not only you have to make a decision based on your trade, but also you have to, you know, your mind goes into, okay, I have to answer to that person. Why did I do that? Why did I lose money? So it's very important to be independent and have just the trust in you from your family and parents and friends. Yeah. That's interesting because I've seen traders to the opposite, which is like they like to have an accountability of the wife or their husband. I didn't have like the week or the day because they, they know they can perform better. They know they have to go back to performing well when things happen. So, but actually the point you're mentioning, that's really good too, where you want to be able to take care of the business and not having to rely and reply to someone else at all times, which is uh, interesting, I think. Yeah, you have to make the right decision. I mean, I'm not saying that just go and trade and lose all of your money without telling anyone. I mean, you always have to be in constant communication with your family, but, you know, trust your judgment. You know, for example, you say, I'm going to trade if I have a really, really bad day or if I'm not really successful, then I share it with my family and I stop trading. But I never tell you that just go, you know, privately and secretly, you know, blow up your account without telling anyone or without getting any support from anyone. Right. Good point. Have you ever tried swing trading? I have. I have tried uh, trading in a swing trading but I found very early in myself that I'm not a swing trader because I just can't hold anything overnight. I mean, the stock market, you know, it's, there's a lot of gaps overnight. There's a lot of news affecting the stock. Sometimes you're asleep and then the CEO of the company dies and then the value of the company just drops in half. And I found it really early in the early years that I just don't have the nerve to hold anything overnight. You know, when I was having a position overnight as a swing trade, in the middle of the night, I was waking up, checking the news, checking my account. And I say, you know what? I just can't do it. I want to be all in cash. At the end of the day, I'm all in cash. I day trade in the morning, then close my position, and then again, all in cash. Political news doesn't affect me. You know, weather doesn't affect me. You know, if someone goes on Twitter and tweets something or, you know, if the CEO dies, or something, it doesn't affect me as a day trader. So I'm not against it. I'm not saying that's impossible. It's just not my personality. Mm-hmm. But again, with trading, I guess you have some days where you don't trade that much because of some events or something. Do you have a kind of filter on deciding when to trade and when not to trade? Yeah, so we do have some criteria. Every day we are trying to select some stocks that meet our criteria for day trading. There are some days that there's a lot of opportunities and there are some days that there, there's really nothing to trade. But those days are very rare. I mean, in the last couple of years, I don't remember any day that I haven't had any opportunity to trade. Usually there is something. There is Usually you find something. You might have to wait a little bit. Sometimes I trade really early in the morning. Sometimes you have to wait, you know, half an hour, you know, 45 minutes to find something. But the nature of the market in the recent years has been volatile enough to always find something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How long is your trading activity? So when you start, when you stop, and I think you have like the best way of doing it, which I want to hear about. So tell people kind of what you structure, when you start, when you stop trading during your day. So my day starts around 6 o'clock in the morning, my time, which would be 9 o'clock on the Eastern time. So 
I go into the chat room, check the scanners and see what is gapping up or down and then select, you know, for four or five, you know, candidates from our scanners and say, okay, I'm going to, I want to trade these stocks today. And then I usually wait for the first five minutes when the market opens. Market opens at 6.30 my time, which would be 9.30 in the Eastern time. So I wait for five, 10 minutes. And then we start trading our first strategy, which is opening range breakouts, either up or down, you go long or short. And I have a daily goal of about uh, 1% to 2% of my account a day. So if I make uh, 1% to 2% of my account a day, I stop trading immediately. So I'm, I'm not the type of person that just cut, keep constantly trading for, for the day. Uh, because statistically, when I make my money early in the morning, you know, I see that, you know, during the afternoon, I lose that profit back. So I always stop trading. You know, for me, $500 a day is good. Sometimes we get $1,000 a day. $1,000 is perfect. But if I make, you know, even in one good trade, I make $500, $600, I stop trading. I try to stop trading. Even today, for example, I did one trade. I made 1000 bucks, and then I just kept trading and I lost a little bit. I later made that money back, but, you know, Usually when I after one or two trades, you have to stop trading. And that's based on my experience. I don't think that everyone should do it. I don't think it's the law, but that works for me. I after one or good trades, and when I meet my daily goal, I stop trading. Yeah. And the experience is that, really good. And Go after that, that's it. My, I do the recap. I post it on YouTube. And then I have the rest of the day for myself. So it's just at like, I think, 9 a.m. or something, right? So right now it's 9 a.m. I actually, before you, I had another interview. So I had another interview about an hour ago. So yeah, my day was done after one hour and now I have one interview and it's you. And then after that, I'm just going for another meeting that I have for, you know, something not related to trading. So it's a good life as a trader, especially <laughs> on the East Coast, uh, on the West Coast. It's a really good life because, uh, you know, you are over with your life, with your trading really early in the morning. Yeah. I'm curious, do you have the same principle of like, so you have a max winning percentage that you stop trading? Do you have the same with the loss? Is that like a stimulus stop or has that worked? Oh, yeah, 100%. That is very, very important. I mean, we emphasize that a lot in our trade there that you have to have a maximum loss per day. For example, you say, okay, I want to lose, you know, half a percent or 1% of my account. If I get a max loss, I have to stop trading. And this is extremely important for day traders because day trading has a really huge effect on psychology. So if you, for example, if I lose, you know, $1,000 a day, I have to stop trading. Because now I am on a revenge mode. I am on a mindset that is very, very dangerous for day traders. And we see that a lot. We, you know, we, we make fun of it in the community that you go hawk, hawk, you know, you go crazy, you go green, you just want to go and trade without really using your brain. And you have to be really careful on, on those days. That's why you have to have a max loss. So recently, we actually asked our broker to actually freeze our account if we have a certain loss in a day. So if you, have, for example, have $1,000 a day, then your broker would freeze your account. They do not allow you to trade anymore. And they do that because it's in their benefit too, because they want you to survive. They want you to you know, be able to trade one more day and more and more because you know, you're a customer to them. They don't want you to blow up your whole account in one day. Definitely, you should talk to your broker. Some of the platform allow you to put this maximum loss per day. If you hit that max loss, then they freeze your account. They're not allowing you to trade because you have to, you know, there's something wrong. Either the market condition is really bad or either you are in a bad situation and you should definitely, you know, stop trading, you know, evaluate yourself. Maybe you can go for a walk, you for a run, come back, and maybe there is any trade in the afternoon, but you should definitely stop trading if you're having a series of bad losses. Yeah, I think that's a very big key. Also, so can I mention it? Do you have any like, rules for profit targets and stop loss? Is it always the same? 
Because you have the advantage of like some traders, because when you sit there on the chart, you can maybe modify them, tweak them, manage position. So how do you work with this? So we always use technical levels for a profit target and a stop loss. So when I enter into a trade, I have a profit target and I have a stop loss. And both, these are not random numbers. I'm not saying that, okay, I'm going short and I'm putting a stop loss on a random number. No, it has to be a technical level. I, either it's a VWAP or it's a support or resistance or a moving average. And then I have a profit target. During when this stock moves into my direction, I try to take some partial profit, you know, like 25% of my position. You know, I take a partial profit. And as soon as I took that profit, I bring my stop loss back to break even. And this is a very important rule that I have. I never let the trade that is in my favor and I already booked some profit on that goes against me. If, for example, you know, I go in my favor, I make a little bit of profit. If it comes back into my entry, I got to stop that. I never let it pass my entry after I took my first partial profit. Because a little bit of profit is much better than a loss. So, you know, if the stock pulls back into your entry, you get to stop that. You can always get back in there when you, if you see the opportunity is there. But I always take partial profits, 25% of my position, and then bring my stop loss to break even. And profit targets and stop loss has to be, at least based on our strategy, has to be a technical level. I never randomly, you know, select a number as a profit target or stop loss. It has to be a technical, meaningful level on the chart. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And is there anything or maybe any tricks, any topic that people never ask you about, but that you feel traders should know or should apply in their trading? I think managing the expectation is some, on trading is uh, something that sometimes surprises me. I mean, people have to have, uh, uh, have a good, uh, you know, I have some traders that they have a million dollar account and they come and they want to make a trade and they say, okay, I have a million dollar account. 1% of that account would be, for example, $10,000. I want to make $10,000, $20,000 a day. What I'm trying always to say that day trading stock market is good if you have a certain small amount of money in your account, like you know, between $10,000 to you know, $40,000, $50,000, and you can make 1% to 2% of that money every day. But if you have a $1 million or $2 million account, you can't really day trade because the market is not liquid enough to, you know, I can take a, you know, 2,000 shares, but I can't really take a 20,000 or 30,000 shares in one single click of hotkey. The market is really not liquid enough to give me that amount of shares. So, and same as, same as the people who have a very small amount of money, they say, okay, you save 1%, I want to start with $1,000 and make $10 a day. I mean, that just doesn't work that way because, you know, $1,000 is not enough to cover the cost of the overhead of your business. I mean, the commissions are there, the, you know, the market data fee that you have to pay, the platform that you have to pay is really not enough. I think a lot of people start trading on the stock market without asking themselves that if this is a good business for them based on the money, the amount of money that they have or not. If you have a very big amount of money, like $2 million, maybe you can put $50,000 for day trading, and then the rest has to be diversified in different assets. You know, you can trade Forex. I mean, Forex market is a, you know, it's a liquid market and it's a huge market. You can take a huge position in there. But day trading, you can't really have a huge amount of money in there. Same as having undercapitalized trader. If you have less than $10,000, it's very tough to day trade. It's because of the overhead cost. You make money, but you have to pay all of that in commission and for the cost of platform. So there is a niche for day trading. If you have less money, maybe you have to look into the other financial instruments that you can trade. Mm -hmm. and that surprises me. And that surprises me that people start and after six months, they realize, oh, maybe I don't have enough money or maybe I have too much money for day trading. Yeah. I'm curious. 
a little bit kind of how you manage your money. So do you only trade or do you have some parts of your money you put in, in investing somewhere? So I don't have any investment in the financial market besides the money that I do trade. So all of my money are in cash at the end of the day. But I have a little bit of investment in real estate because I believe in real estate market. I think real estate is a solid asset. It's a very tangible asset. It's not moving as much as market. I mean, sometimes you see the market moves up 20% in a month. Uh, real estate don't move that much, but it's a much, much more solid, tangible asset. But that's a personal preference. I'm not saying that everyone should go into the real estate. I'm living in a part of the world that real estate is really hot. You know, Vancouver, real estate is hot. There's always demand uh, in there. So I like to you know, invest into the real estate. But different people have to really talk to the advisor and see how much of the money they should invest, how much they have to go into real estate, how much to day trading. You know, it really depends on person to person. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a really good point. So someone's asking, what does it take in your opinion to go from being a break-even trader to profitable? I think there are a couple of things that you have to understand. The first thing is you have to have the right platform and right broker and right commission structure. I know a lot of people who actually have the you know, skill for trading, but they're trading with the, you know, the wrong platform or they have a bad broker or they're paying very high commission rates. So I think that having the right tool is very essential. I'm guilty of that as well. So I am actually trading. I used to trade with a broker in Canada that it was not a direct access broker. I didn't have real-time data. I was paying $10 per ticket, which was a crazy commission. And I was day trading with that. So it was just crazy. I lost tens of, not tens, but thousands of dollars just with that trade uh, broker. But having a good broker, having a good education, having a good system is necessary, but it's not enough. One thing that really, really changed my trading style was accepting the fact that loss is okay. Getting stopped out is okay. That's part of a trading. I mean, a lot of people take losses uh, personally. When they go into a trade, the trade goes against them and you know, they get stopped out. They lose the confidence. They curse the market. And uh, they don't accept the fact that trading comes with this getting stopped out. It's just the nature. There's nothing personal in that. You're not right. You're not a stupid. Your strategy is not wrong. It's just the nature of trading. It's like having a coffee shop and one day not enough customer comes to your coffee shop. You don't go and curse people and go to the street and you know, close down your coffee shop. No, it's just the nature of the business. Or having a restaurant, you know, some days you don't even have enough customers to cover your overhead. But there are weekends, there are some holidays that people are coming and you make profit on those days. It's the same as trading. There are trades that you have to get a stopped out. Just manage your risk, get a stopped out, go to the next one. And if you are, you know, for example, watching me, I get a stopped out all the time. There's nothing personal. I'm not as stupid. I don't go too hard on myself. It's just the nature of trading. You just manage your risk. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love this. What do you do when a trade is active? Do you just sit there and watch the chart like throughout the two, three hours of trade? Or is it kind of on and off and going back and forth between your trades? For me, usually it's all in one session. So when I start at, you know, at six o'clock in my time, I usually, you know, stand in one hour, one hour, 30 minutes or two hours. I don't go back and forth. Maybe I go and get a water or come back, but it's usually during one session. But I know some traders that they go, you know, for example, they have something, they go back, you know, they continue the trading in the afternoon. But for me, it's pretty much in one session. Yeah. And I think it doesn't drive too, too crazy because you only have like three hours to do. While some people will trade all day, for say they would be kind of frustrated by sitting there all the time. 
That, that's true. I mean, for the, the type of trading that I do, it's usually happening in the first hour, you know, first hour, two hours of the market. So if, you know, if I miss that, then I, you know, it's very difficult for me to trade in the afternoon. In the afternoon, you get a lot of trends trading. So it's, a, you know, a slower time frame, longer time frame, like one of 30 minutes, two hours trade or something like that. But for my style of trading, that one hour, two hour is critical. If I miss that, you know, I probably don't have any other opportunity to trade. Mm-hmm. Awesome. One thing I'm also kind of a fan of is taking this kind of big picture view of like what's happening, what is your stats telling you? And I'm curious if you do the same, like going back, kind of outside trading for some time, looking at as your stats would happen, what works well, what doesn't, and kind of evaluate everything you do. Is it something you do sometimes? Or has it's kind of part of journaling, I guess. I think it's really, really good to go back and take a look at the trades that you know you took, but it didn't work out. For me, when I'm done trading, I do my recap. So I do the quickly recap. Usually, you know, I do it right away and I post it on YouTube. But it's sometimes in the afternoon I come and opens my platform and take a look at the trades that I took and I gotta stop that. And I look at it, oh look at this. I gotta stop that. But it did come back up. And sometimes by looking at the, you know, in the afternoon, looking at the morning session, you know, I get some information that maybe in the future can help me. But I don't do it very systematically. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Pretty much the review of my trades is done after I'm doing the recap and post it on. I know a lot of traders have systematic review, like the, every weekend they go back and take a look at all of the trades. I don't do that. Honestly, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And if I remember well, you do videos for your trades where you kind of talk over your trade what happened. And that's something a good way to do it. Really good way. Yeah. Recording the trades are really good. If you go back and watch them. I try sometimes to record my trades because, you know, I, I'm developing a course. I'm putting them to the education center. Some, sometimes I see something that is really interesting for traders to see. Sometimes I record that and later I download it and chop it up and edit it and post it in our education center. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds really good. And Andrew, we've linked your, your book below. If people want to check it out and buy it, it's really cool. I've read it myself also in the past. How can people find you if they want to connect with you or reach out after this uh, interview? So they can email me. They can email me, andrew at verbaltraders.com. That's the easiest way. That's my personal email. I'll check it personally. And I try to get back to people as much as possible, as fast as possible. Sometimes, you know, I might miss it, but, you know, I try to get back to people in a day. Uh, check our website. There is a message box in our website. You know, just go in there. And if you have any questions, just type it in there. They forward the message to me. And if you're not part of our community, I, you know, you're welcome to come and check it out. We have a trial. You can just go and, you know, see how it is for one week. And if you like it, join us. But the most important thing that you have to uh, ask yourself is if day trading is for you or not. I'm always telling people that if day trading is not for you, don't even bother investing in your education because, you know, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of energy investments in your time and, you know, money. So ask your, if you are really passionate about trading, I mean, there's a lot of other communities out there. You're welcome to join us and uh, you're welcome to check us out. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to email me. I have another book that I recently published this year. It's called Advanced Techniques in Day Trading. I spent a lot of time on that book and I really recommend people to read that book as well. It is a little bit covering the uh, stuff that is in the first book, but the second book is actually goes into more detail. So if you really want to have a better handbook of all of the tech uh, strategies, I really recommend go read that. I actually purposely priced them low. I mean, 10, 15 bucks, that's the lowest I could go. And my publisher didn't allow me to go lower than that because the cost of printing was <laughs> higher than that. But I recommend go and read that book for sure. 
And it's going to be on Amazon, I suppose? Or yeah, it is. Awesome. Most of them are on Amazon, yeah. I'll put the link below. If you guys want to check it out, just do a search on Amazon. You'll find it pretty easily, I think. A couple of other people were asking kind of what markets to trade exactly. And the question I'll have any for you as a follow-up is why those markets? Which market I'm trading? Yeah. So I'm trading only U.S. equity markets, so only a stock market in the U.S. The reason that I'm trading on the U.S. market, I'm in Canada, but I'm, I, can, I can trade U.S. market. The reason for that is it has the highest volume, highest liquidity, and it has the highest volatility as well. I mean, a lot of people are emailing me, for example, oh, I'm from India, I want to trade Indian market, or I'm from another country, I want to trade the stock market in there. Does this strategy work in those markets or not? My answer is usually not, because those markets don't have enough volume. The volatility that we have in the U.S. market, well, it's a huge economy, and it's a very equity driven market. Usually investments are really goes toward the equity and the companies in the US. So we are trading only that. But that's not the only good market. I mean, Forex market is great. And my friend Brian is trading swing trading in the US market. For me, it's just because it has the highest volatility and highest liquidity. I mean, you get filled really fast. You don't get a stock in a trade that has no volume. And, um, and so far, it's been great. I, I don't even trade the Canadian market because, again, the Canadian market is much, much smaller. doesn't have enough volatility to trade. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good answer. I love it. And it's backed by kind of science and stuff and reasons. Love that. So, Andrew, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And thank you for coming here once again. It's been a pleasure. And if you guys want to check out Andrew, then check him out. It's going to be everywhere. It's a bunch of links below as well for your stuff. And uh, we'll catch you here pretty soon. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for everyone who are watching that. And hopefully we'll talk soon. Goodbye. So I really hope you guys like this interview today with Andrew. And as a small note to end this show, Andrew was kind enough to give us a discount for you guys if you're interested in joining his trading room. So the details will be in the show note over at thisartotrade.com forward slash 170, 170. And I hope you'll benefit from this. So thank you again for tuning in this week. And I'll catch you back here next week for the next episode of the Desire to Trade podcast. Ciao.